Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the live broadcast here at Christ Life Ministries. My uh, app seems to not work. There we go. Let me just get the live thing on here. Okay. So uh, I want to continue on the, some of the thoughts that we shared yesterday. Just to recap, uh, yesterday we talked about the potter and the hand of the potter and the clay and what right does the clay have to say to its maker, to the potter? Uh, why have you made me thus? Or what are you making? What do you think you're making? Isaiah 45 and also Romans chapter 9. So um, God created us in his image and out of the dust of the earth he created man and uh, formed him out of the dust of the earth. So with literal clay he made man. All right? But the word says he made him in his image. So what right does man have to say to god why did you make me in your image so um he didn't say there why did you make me and then we try to cite all that is wrong with us no there's certain things we know we learn out of romans chapter 8 that creation was subjected to frailty not by some intentional fault by its part, but by the will of him who so subjected it. So we know that Adam is the one that subjected creation to frailty. And um, because of that, there's all kinds of stuff in the world. I think we still have mosquitoes because of the ten plagues in Egypt. So what? <laughs> maybe not, <laughs> but they are a plague to me. <laughs> but anyway, um, the, the point is we need to understand Instead of asking questions like, why did God make me like, well, I was born like this, or I've got this problem since birth, or, you know, God made me this way, you can't change me. Uh, instead of going that direction, we should rather just see what did God make. And God made us in his image, after his own likeness, which means that we need to become conformed to his image, because after the fall, the image of God was corrupted with a different word. Okay, so I kind of spoke in that direction yesterday, but I want to go on with a with a natural man and a spiritual man, the natural uh, man of the dust, and the spiritual man of the spirit, the Lord of glory, and and creation. So um, I want to start reading in John chapter one. More ma, more dini. So I'm going to start reading in John chapter 1. And in John chapter 1, he says, now you've got to put on your seatbelts for this word because you're going to blow some fuses. Okay. So, in the beginning, before all time, was the word Christ, and the word was with God, and the word was God himself. He was present originally with God. All things were made and came into existence through him, and without him was not even one thing made that has come into being. Okay. The word made everything. All right, you with me? So let's go to Genesis. Okay, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and an empty waste, and darkness was upon the face of the very great deep. The Spirit of God was moving, hovering, brooding over the face of the waters, and God said, let there be light, and there was light. So the Word said, the Word said, and it was so. 
Okay, so by the word, God created light. And God called the light day and the darkness night. And God said, let there be a firmament, the expanse of the sky and the midst of the waters, and let it separate the waters below from the waters above. And God made the firmament, the expanse, and separated the waters were, which were under the expanse from the waters which were above the expanse. And it was so. And God called the firmament heavens, and there was evening and there was morning a second day. And God said, let the waters under the heavens be collected into one place of standing and let the dry land appear. And it was so. And God called dry land earth and he accumulated waters he called seas. And God saw that it was good. And God said, let the earth put forth vegetation, plants, yielding seed, fruit, trees, yielding fruit, whose seed is in itself, each according to its kind upon, all, all, upon the earth. And it was so. The earth brought forth vegetations, plants yielding seed according to their own kinds, and trees bearing fruit in which was their seed, each according to its kind. And God saw that it was good, and he approved it. So he made everything by his words. He spoke, and it was so. He spoke, and it was so. He spoke, and it was so. And there was evening, and there was a morning, a third day, and God said, Let there be lights in the expanse of the heavens, separate day from night, and let, there, let them be signs and tokens of God's provident care, and to mark seasons, days, and years, and let them be lights in the expanse of the sky, to give light upon the earth, and it was so. God made the two great lights, the greater light, the sun, to rule the day, and the lesser light, the moon, to rule the night. He also made the stars, and God set them in the expanse of the heavens to give light upon the earth, to rule over the day and over the night, and to separate the light from the darkness. And God saw that it was good, and he approved it. So his word. So there was evening, and there was morning, and fourth day. Okay, so just note that God first made the light, and later he made the sun and the moon. Okay? Right, and there was evening, and there was morning a fourth day. And God said, let the waters bring forth abundantly and swarm with living creatures, and let birds fly over the earth in the open expanse of the heavens. One sentence, and all the <laughs> birds and all the fish. Bam! <laughs> That's nice. That's a powerful word. God created the great sea monsters and every living creature that moves, which waters brought forth abundantly according to their kinds, and every winged bird according to its kind, God saw that it was good, and he approved it. And God blessed them, saying, Be fruitful, multiply, and fill the waters in the seas, and let the fowl multiply in the earth. Okay. Let the earth bring forth living creatures. God made the wild beasts. Okay. So, all by its word. Verse 26, God said, Let us, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, make mankind in our image after our likeness and let them have complete authority over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air and the tame beasts and over all of the earth over everything that creeps on the earth so god created man in his own, own image the image and likeness of god he created him and male and female he created them god blessed them and said to them be fruitful genesis 2 okay so now i want you to see god said let there be let there be let there be let there be but with man, he said, let us make. Let there be, let there be, let there be. Boom. The word creating it. Boom, 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 boom. With man, mm -mm. let us make. Okay, let's continue. Thus the heavens and the earth were finished, all the host of them. 
He rested on the seventh day. But there was no man to till the ground. Verse 5. Verse 6. There went up a mist, a fog from the land, and watered the whole surface of the ground. Then the Lord God formed man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, spirit of life. And man became a living being. Just jump over to the King James. And man became a living soul. Right? And the Lord God planted a garden toward the east in Eden. And there he put the man whom he had formed, framed and constituted. And out of the ground the Lord God made to grow every tree that is pleasant to the sight, to be desired good for food, the tree of life also in the center of the garden, and the tree of the knowledge of the difference between good and evil. And there was the river, etc. So everything was created by the word except man. Man was formed. Man was not created, created by a spoken word. Man was formed by the hands of God out of the soil. Right? You with me? Okay. So, well, let's just talk. So it seems like either John 1 is wrong, Genesis 1 is, and 2 is wrong, or there's some mystery here. So uh, there was a natural man and there was a spiritual man. Everything in creation was created by the word and everything functioned according to the word of God. So, birds fly. They don't learn it, they just do it. They pick seeds from the grass and from, you know, from your crops if you're a farmer. <laughs> they, they pick seeds they go, other birds go and eat the little worms. The lions just catch the antelope. No one tells them how to. The worms will come and eat your plants in your garden. Everything works according to how it should be. Every bird, you can, you can do with it whatever you want. In the morning, it will start singing. Tweet, 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 tweet. You can hit that thing next morning, tweet, 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 okay? Because it functions according to what God has said. So all nature is a reflection of the Word of God because it was created by the Word of God. So let's just quickly go back to it. We touched on Romans 1 yesterday. A very anti-humanistic chapter. <laughs> so... <laughs> so but it's the truth of God's word. Right, so, listen. He says, where are we? Verse 20. For ever since the creation of the world, 
His invisible nature and attributes, that is, his eternal power and divinity, have been made intelligible and clearly discernible in and through the things that have been made. Right? So men are without excuse altogether, without any defense or justification. Okay, verse 20, King James, because that, uh, no, for the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. So, we have a witness of the word of God. That witness is nature, creation itself. So creation has a voice, and creation glorifies God. Every bird glorifies God because it is true to its nature, assigned to it by the word. Every skulpaiki, every giraffe, every worm, everything does what it's supposed to do, and the whole of creation is in balance. But the moment man was kicked out of that garden, everything was messed up. Romans 8, so creation was subjected to frailty. Okay, so, and even in the lower state, creation is in in balance. Okay, creation is in balance. Until man comes along. It seems like man just destroys everything. It seems like Man is just contrary to everything in in nature. Because everywhere you go, man cuts down the forests. Man paves paradise. You know that song, pave paradise and put up a parking lot, you know. So so it's like everywhere man goes, progress means destruction. You know? We you know, listen, I'm not a baniagar, don't worry. Okay? But What I'm saying is, there's something of the natural man that is in enmity with creation that's glorifying God through its nature. Okay? We can just say that. So, Romans chapter 8 also says, verse 5, he says, For those who are controlled... Who are according to the flesh and are controlled by its unholy desires, set their minds on and pursue those things which gratify the flesh. So, King James says, those that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh. They seek their minds on, they pursue the things that gratify the flesh. So, it's not being brought in check by something that is in harmony with everything else, okay? But those who are according to the Spirit are, and are controlled by the desires of the Spirit set their minds on and seek those things which gratify the Holy Spirit. So now there's these two people, Adam and Christ. Adam was a natural man. He did not have the Word of God in his heart. At all. He was not spoken by the word into being. He was formed out of the dust of the earth. So he had to choose the word himself. For him to become, to be made in the image and likeness of God. He had free will, a free choice. 
Because love is the image of God. And love cannot be forced. The moment you force love, it's no, no longer love. Okay, so creation just reflects the unseen. Every leaf is different, even though it's from the same species from the same tree. Every cell of every leaf is different, but you can recognize certain cells. It's, if you go into it, I don't know how you can be a scientist and not believe in God. I don't understand it. There must be a severe hardness of heart. I don't, I don't understand it. So, the natural man, Adam, before the fall of man, he was just a natural man. He was a living soul, but his spirit wasn't living. He had the breath of life, natural life. But he did not have the word or the Holy Ghost. All right. So he, he did not partake of the tree of knowledge of good and evil yet. But neither did he partake of the tree of life. The tree of life is Christ and the word. The tree of life, the fruit of the tree of life is the word. And in that word is the seed. So... He did not partake yet of the tree of life. He did not internalize the word. He heard the command, don't eat of it. And when the snake came, the command was rule, reign over the earth. But you can't do it without receiving the word in your heart. If you do receive the word in your heart, you know Romans 5.17, those who receive the abundance of grace and the free gift of righteousness will reign as kings. So without the grace and the righteousness... No reigning. Your words are powerless. So what's the first thing Adam and Eve did when they were confronted with something they needed to reign over? They got beguiled. They got tempted. And they partook of a different word. So man is in enmity with God because he partook of a word that is in enmity with God. Let's keep on reading Romans 8. He says, verse 5, those who are according to the flesh are controlled by its unholy desires, set their minds on and pursue those things which gratify the flesh. But those who are according to the Spirit and are controlled by the desires of the Spirit, set their minds on and seek those things which gratify the Holy Spirit. Now the mind of the flesh is sense and reason without the Holy Spirit is death. So the mind of the flesh is death. Knowledge of good and evil is death. But the mind of the Spirit is life and soul peace both now and forever. That is because the mind of the flesh with its carnal thoughts and purposes is hostile to God. For it does not submit itself to God's law. Indeed, it cannot. God's law is the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. If you just rewind to Romans 8 verse 2. The law of the spirit of life which is in Christ Jesus. The law of our new being has freed me from the law of sin and death. The mind of the flesh cannot submit itself to the law of the spirit and life. Alright? So, which means that God created man out of the dust. And not only did man need the word like the rest of creation needed the word, but God, as the word, wanted to come and dwell inside him to speak the word from him and keep on creating realities. Okay? So man was made to be a visible representation of God and he had to choose the word of God himself, but he didn't. He chose 
the opposite. Chose a lie. He chose something in enmity with God. And he took on a different nature. So he was created to be. The potter made him. To be in his image. But he was given a choice. Life and death is in the power of the tongue. Choose life. that you might So put before you life and death. Deuteronomy 30, Joshua chapter 1. Okay. So you've got the tree of life. You've got the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. He was a blank canvas. If he chose the tree of life, everything would be good. But he chose the tree of knowledge. All right. So man, he says in Isaiah 45, we read it yesterday. Woe to him who strives with his maker. What does mankind do all the time? Strive with their maker. They even deny that they have a maker. Okay? So he says, uh, yeah, why have you made me thus? What do you think you're making? Okay? So, um, what right does the clay have to say to the potter, why did you make me like this? Don't you think the potter has the right to make the clay in his own image and after his own likeness. Okay? So we need to adjust our minds. It's not, oh, the potter is going to, you know, really hurt me and mold me and form me until I look like he wants me to look. No. That's not it. He already made man, he made the clay already. That's finished. The natural part is finished. The clay is the natural. Sand of the sea. Clay. Natural. Okay? So, the natural man was completed. But part B of creation of man still had to happen. The word was missing. And the word needed to come to the inside. All right? So John chapter 1. So the natural man, man without the Holy Spirit, the flesh nature is not something in itself. It's just incomplete. Imperfect. It's just something that hasn't been finished yet. Do you get it? So, if someone is really hungry, they act a certain way. So, give them food. And they, you know, have you ever heard the term hangry? Hangry. Hungry, angry. Okay, so but you give him food, fine. No. Okay, man without the Holy Spirit acts a certain way. Yes. You were not created to be without the Holy Spirit. No. So you act out because the influence of life is not there. No. The Word isn't there. Okay? So the Word needs to fill us. Mm. We need to be... Transformed by the renewal of our minds. Yeah. Where did we say we're going? John 1. So the big thing that needs to happen is man needs to abide in the word and the word needs to abide in man. Yeah. For creation to be completed. Okay. Boss, you Come on, man. Just focus, 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 focus. Okay. Okay. Verse 11 says, he came to that which belonged to him, and they who were his own did not receive him and did not welcome him. Who's the him? In the beginning was the word. 
But as too many as did receive and welcome him, he gave the authority, the power, the privilege, the right to become children of God or sons of God in the King James. That is to those who believe on his name. What's his name? The word. Who owe their birth neither to bloods nor, the, nor to the will of the flesh, that of a physical impulse, nor to the will of man, that of a natural father, but they are born of God. Okay, so you are not born of bloods. 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 Therefore, you are not born of the blood of Adam, neither are you born of the blood of Christ. You are not born of bloods. You did not go from the one bloodline to the other bloodline. No more bloodline in Christ. His blood was shed on the cross. No more bloodline. You're born of the Spirit. Spirit life, not blood life. Right? Your life is in His glory, in His Spirit, and not in the blood. To as many as did receive and welcome me, gave the authority, the power, the privilege, the right to become children of God, as many as believed. Owe their birth neither to bloods, nor to the will of the flesh, that of physical impulse, nor to the will of man, but to God. They are born of God. And the Word became flesh. Ah, the Word finally became flesh. It would have become flesh if Adam ate the tree of the knowledge, uh, the, the, the tree of life in the garden. But here, for the first time, the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we actually saw his glory. The glory as of the only begotten son receives from his father. Full of grace and truth. So Jesus, the new creation man, was the completed image of God. Adam was created in God's image with a choice to partake of it or not. He chose to but to he chose the lower image. He chose darkness above the light. He chose separation from God instead of fellowship with God. So that which God had in mind, he said, let us make man. Something, it was a wish that he said. Let us make man. In Genesis 2, you see how he makes man. Let them have complete authority over the fish of the sea. So God gave man authority from the beginning. But man used the authority to subject himself and everything else to the devil and to the word of the devil. So here comes Jesus. The word came into this natural body. Okay? Second Corinthians 4 verse 6. Uh, God who said, let light shine in the darkness has shone in our hearts so as to beam forth the light for the illumination of the glory of God. And then he says, but we have not this precious treasure. Uh, we have this precious treasure in earthen vessels so that the excellence in the grandeur may be shown to be from God and not of ourselves. So we need a flesh body to bring glory to him by being what he says we are. When we align our lives with what his word says about us, we give glory to God. So, if something in our lives is opposite to what the word says, we need to turn and receive the grace, receive the life, and say, Lord, let your word abide in me. Let the meditation of my heart and the word of my mouth be acceptable to you. Let me be in line with you. Here I am, come dwell in me. Let your word dwell in me and show the invisible God. We are far behind nature. But you know that nature, creation, being subject to frailty, creation is waiting, groaning 
for the sons of God to be made manifest. So that creation can enter into the glorious liberty of the sons of God. They're waiting for the disclosure of our sonship, waiting for the manifestation of the sons. Creation made by the word. Man made of the dust. When will man receive the word and bring glory to God? When will the word become flesh? So Jesus was the firstborn among many brethren. He's the only begotten. And then he died and he was rose again, he was risen again and he spoke his word. Go preach this gospel. And these signs will follow them that believe. So we need to be born again from the word which is the gospel. How can you say that? Well, first Peter one. All flesh is like grass. The flower of grass falls and drops off. But the word of the Lord endures forever. And this word uh, is the good news that has been preached to you. Okay? Do you remember that movie, was it Moana, ne? That children's movie of, you know, this demigod with a big attitude, you know, and this girl that had to come and get the heart of Nefriti of what, whatever her name is. Okay. So everything was darkened and black. It's like almost a volcano island, okay? But when this guy gave the heart back and they put it in place, what happened? Creation responded and everything became green. That's what creation is waiting for. Creation is waiting for us to see who we are. If the glory of God is seen on you, it will affect everything around you. It will affect the animals. It will affect your dog. But it will also affect people around you. That's the heart cry of all creation. Groaning for the life to be made manifest. The life that should have been made manifest from the beginning. Right? Okay. So the word became flesh and dwelt among us and we saw his glory. Full of grace and truth. Okay. Glory as of the only begotten of the Father. Full of grace and truth. Right. So, um, what's the time? Oh my goodness. Let's quickly just go to Hebrews chapter 10 and then 1 Corinthians 15 and then, you know, there's so much, but let's keep it short. Okay. It's already over the time. Let's keep it short. Hebrews chapter 10 says, okay, so the word became flesh and what did he do? Yeah, he dwelt amongst, but what did he do? He came to die for sins. So he took the punishment, what the, the death that the knowledge of good and evil brought in, he took upon himself and took back his life again so that he could bring life to us, so that he could complete us, so that he could complete the work. Okay, Habakkuk chapter 3 says, Revive your work, work of your hands. Revive your work in the midst of the year. In wrath, remember mercy. Remember yesterday, we spoke about these vessels of wrath and these vessels of mercy. Okay? What's the vessels of wrath? Those who abide by the law and can't keep it. They remain natural clay pots. 
What's the vessels of mercy? Those who receive God's mercy and receive his glory and be transformed. So cleanse yourself from everything that is detestable, 2 Timothy 2, and you will be vessels of glory fit for the master's use. You will not be a vessel of earthenware or wood, but you will be a vessel of gold and silver. Okay, 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 20. A lot of twos. Okay? So, he says, so cleanse yourself. How do I cleanse myself? With the word. The washing of the water by the word, Ephesians 5. The pruning of the word, John chapter 15. Right? The word cleanses us. Right? Now listen, Hebrews chapter 10 says, He then went on to say, Behold, here I am coming to do your will. Thus he does away with and annuls the first formal order. So he annuls knowledge of good and evil as a means of expiating sin, so that he might inaugurate and establish a second latter order. In accordance with this will of God, we have been made holy. So he makes us holy. How? Through the offering of made once full of the body of Jesus Christ. So his flesh body was destroyed and his blood made us, made us holy. Hebrews chapter 9, verse 13, 14. Blood of Christ cleanses our consciences from dead works and lifeless observances. Now he says, furthermore, every human priest stands at his altar of service, ministering daily, offering the same sacrifices over and over. But he said, I mean, he said it in this chapter, in Matthew 9, Matthew 12, sacrifices I have not desired. He's not interested in sacrifices. Okay? He says it there in verse, what's it? Five sacrifices you have not desired. Okay. But now listen. We read this so many times, but just listen again. Verse 12. Whereas this one Christ, after he had offered a single sacrifice for our sins that shall avail for all time, sat down at the right hand of God, then to wait until his enemies should be made a stool beneath his feet. Okay. First Corinthians 15. The last enemy to be conquered is death. So he's waiting. Revive your work in the midst of the year. So what did he do in the midst of the years? He died on the cross. The last week of years of Daniel. What did he do in the midst of the years? He died on the cross. Okay? In wrath, cross. Remember mercy. He's showing mercy to us. Right. Verse 14. For by a single offering, the cross, he has forever completely cleansed Okay, so there's the word again that cleanses you, the word of the blood of Jesus. You can take it to Hebrews chapter 12, word that speaks of mercy, the word that speaks from heaven, which is different from the word that cries out for vengeance because the blood of Abel was drunk, drank up by the earth. Natural. Word that speaks from heaven, mercy, the word of the blood. The blood speaks, Hebrews chapter 12. For by a single offering he has forever completely cleansed and perfected those who are consecrated and made holy. Okay. So what is perfected? Perfected means to complete something. Perfected means to complete something. In Latin, perfecta means it is now a completed thing. It is now, the thing is accomplished, it's done. Okay, so he perfected man, he completed man. Why? Because he opened up a fresh new living way, verse 19 and 20, so that we can be in the Holy of Holies. 
What happens there? Holy Ghost. Holy Spirit was poured out. He completed you. Christ in you, Christ on you. I am in him, which means he's on me. I'm in my shirt. My shirt is on me. And he's in me, inside me. Like a sandwich. Okay? Like a wafer ice cream. Okay? He's in me and I'm in him. He completes me. He perfects me. His presence makes me the new creation man. What is the new creation man? It's the man that didn't fall, but the man that partook of the tree of life. It's the man that has the word on the inside. All right? So, where did we say we're going? Hebrews 10 and 1 Corinthians 15. 1 Corinthians 15. So have you received the Holy Ghost? Means God's creation is complete. The work of his hand is complete. Oh God, oh God, how excellent is your name in all the earth. What is man that you're mindful of? Okay. When I behold the works of your hands, the sun and the moon, uh, the, the moon and the stars, the moon and the stars. Genesis, he created the sun and the moon as to, to rule the night, to rule the darkness. What did he say to, to Adam? Rule. The sun is the greater light, ruling over the light. Man was placed to rule over darkness, the moon. The stars are the sons of God. When I behold the works of your hands, the moon and the stars, what is man that you are mindful of him? Psalm 8. Okay? It says, 1 Corinthians 15. Verse 46. No, let's go with verse 45. Thus it is written, the first man, Adam, became a living being, became a, uh, King James says, verse 44, uh, 45, the first man, Adam, became a living soul, like Genesis also says. The last Adam, Christ, Became a life-giving spirit, restoring the dead to life. Revive your work in the midst of the years. Verse 46. But it is not the spiritual life which came first, but the physical, then the spiritual. So everyone that says everything happens in the spirit first, no. It's the, f- the physical life that came first, Adam. Then the spiritual Okay? All those that came before me, John 10, are thieves and robbers. Who came first? The natural people are thieves and robbers. Why? The knowledge of good and evil. Okay. The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. So natural people bring death. Okay. The first man was out, was from out of earth. Made of dust, earthly minded. The second man is the Lord out of heaven. So if you're born of the word, if you're born of the spirit, if you have Jesus Christ in your heart, it's no longer I that live, Christ lives within me. 
It means you are the second man. But the second man is not another Christ. It is Christ in you. It's not another Jesus. It is that same Jesus, but in you and you and you and you and you and you and you. The second man is the Lord inside you. Okay? Because it is you're born of his word. You're born of his spirit. He is the head of the body. Okay? It's not the spiritual that came first. Physical, then the spiritual. First man out of the earth. Second man, Lord of heaven. Verse 49. Now those who are made of the dust are like him who was first made of the dust. Adam. Earthly minded. And as is the man from heaven, so also are those who are of heaven, heavenly minded. And just as we bore the image of the man of dust, so it's a different image from the image of God. How can the clay say to the potter, why have you made me like this? Get back to the image that he did make you so shall we and so let us also bear the image of the man of heaven. How do you bear the image of the man of heaven? Be born again. You must be born again. Nicodemus, what is born of flesh is flesh. What is born of spirit is spirit. He says, if you are not born of water and spirit, you will not see the kingdom. Water, the washing of the water by the word, the living waters flowing, the river of life, the streams flowing out of your belly. You must be born of the word. Three, three scriptures, John 1, 1 Peter 1, James 1. Out of, it's, out of his own free will begat he us by his word of truth. Three scriptures saying you're born of the word, which means you're born of the water and spirit. The water must mean the word. Okay? You need the word. If the word does not find entrance into the heart, you'll never be a Christ man. That's why faith is important. And that's why this inclusion doctrine is a whole lot of rubbish. If the word does not find entrance into your heart, you're the enemy of Christ. Natural man, earthly minded, and the enemy of nature. Creation itself. Okay? Maybe that's why the lion wants to eat man. You know, I don't know. <laughs> Stupid joke. Okay. Okay. Right. Let's go on. All right. Just as we have borne the man of, image of the man of dust, so shall we, and so let us also bear the image of the man of heaven. But I tell you this, brethren, flesh and blood cannot become partakers of eternal salvation, sharing the kingdom of God, nor does the perishable, that which is decaying, inherit or sharing the imperishable, the immortal. Okay, flesh and blood. When Jesus rose from the dead, the new creation man, he appeared to them next to the water and he said, bring a piece of fish, let me eat it. Flesh and bone. Not flesh and blood. You're not born of blood. Flesh and blood cannot inherit. But the word, the spirit in flesh can inherit the word made flesh can inherit. Flesh and blood cannot inherit. Adam cannot inherit. Christ can inherit. I hope you get it. 
Jesus was in a physical body without blood. When he, was when he rose from the grave, where's the blood? Shed on the cross, offered on the mercy seat. No blood in his body. What keeps him alive? The glory, the spirit, the word. And so you, your life is now no longer in the, in the blood. Your life is in the spirit. All right. Okay, the rest is going to be just going to take too long. If we now start touching on life and immortalities uh, later. But do you see that the flesh man is just incomplete? Yeah. And the new creation man is what God wanted to create from the beginning. But he needed us to work together with him. So that he could live in us and create from us. Right. Um... John chapter 8, I'm not going to read it, you can read it yourself. Jesus speaking to the Pharisees, the scribes, Sadducees, they, they said to him, he, Jesus said to them, you are of your father the devil, and you follow the lusts of your father. He was a murderer from the beginning. Yeah. So where was he? In the tree, speaking the words of death to Adam and Eve. Yeah. Murderer from the beginning. All right? So Jesus said, you, you seek to kill me because my words have no entrance in your hearts. There's so many other things. Uh, what else did I wanted to say? John chapter 3, Jesus standing in front of Nicodemus. He says, you're wondering if I tell you things on earth. How will, what will you think if I start telling you about things of heaven? There is no, no one has ever seen God, but the Son of Man who has come down from heaven and who is in heaven. John chapter 3, right? So he's standing there on earth in his natural body, but he says, who is in heaven. It's time that we live a life completed, the crown of God's creation. Hebrews 2, Psalm 8, you, you have crowned him with glory and majesty. What is man that you are mindful of him? Son of man that you visit him. Okay. All right. I think that's enough for now. So the word is what makes the difference between Adam and Christ. The word in the flesh. Okay. And... We have the opportunity. We are set free from the knowledge of good and evil. He bought us from the curse of the law so that we, Romans 8 verse 29, become conformed to the image of the Son. Right? Um, if the Word dwells in you, Christ dwells within you. Last thought. If you read Romans 8 verse 5, if you read 1 Corinthians chapter 15, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, the natural and spiritual man. What qualifies you spiritual is your thoughts. What qualifies you natural is your thoughts. Are your thoughts the knowledge of good and evil? Or 
is it the word of God. Let's meditate on the word. Let's dwell in the word. Let the word find entrance into our hearts and let us live from the word. All right. All right. I hope this has blessed you and I uh, hope you have a really awesome day. It's again 15 minutes. <laughs> but anyway, be blessed. We'll see you again tomorrow. Amen.